The World Juniors are underway, and let's get into what happened on the first day Boxing Day specials all across the board in Edmonton and Red Deer here on a very special Locked On NHL. You're Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Locked On World Juniors, a very special little series we're putting together here on the Locked On NHL Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. I am the insider of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl, the host of Locked On Capitals as well, here to bring you daily coverage of the amazing tournament known as the IIHF World Junior Hockey Championships. Now, what are we going to do here? Well, we're going to try to do our best to keep them kind of nice and fun. Short recaps of the daily action across Edmonton and Red Deer, both groups, all the way through the end of the tournament next week. So we're going to try to just have some fun with this here. We'll go down. We'll have the obviously go to recap each every single game, how each team kind of looked, what to expect maybe in their next games coming up. And we'll also have a couple people stopping by to kind of break down how they have thought the tournament has gone, along with some of the prospects to watch out for in this tournament. You'll be hearing their names quite often as this program goes along. Also, thank you very much for making Locked On NHL your first listen and first watch of the day and every day. If you're listening, awesome. Thank you very much. But if you want to see what we're talking about, Go ahead and check us out at the Lockdown NHL YouTube channel and, of course, vice versa. So we're going to go through all the games today. We had Sweden, Russia, Finland, Germany, Canada in the Czechs, and the United States and Slovakia as well. We'll break them all down here on this episode today. So let's start off our coverage today with the second game of the day with the first in Group B action in Red Deer. That was Sweden and Russia, and that game was highly anticipated just given the fact that these were two teams that were expected to finish in the top three of Group B coming on in. And it started off just like the way Sweden would want to. Of course, Sweden, they don't have to worry about no fancy-dancy, crazy, wide-open, no long round-robin win streak. They don't have to worry about any of that stuff. That's okay. That's in the past now. They can focus on playing on their game. They get power play chances early and often in this one. And Victor Olsson, we mentioned Victor Olsson, uh, William Eklund, and... Alexander Holtz. That was going to be the big line for Sweden. They cash in early. Holtz at the left side. Fires a good pass across. Nice little quick little screen in front of Yaroslav Askarov for Russia. And it's a perfect shot. Top corner. It's 1-0 on the power play. Sweden, you never want to give a team like them a power play. They have a lot of offensive weapons. They have some big guys that can score on the back end as well. You don't want to give this team an opportunity. However, they'd find themselves in penalty trouble a little bit later on. Russia with the power play. Puck squirts up the boards, and Simon Edvinson, the of course the very notable first-round pick for the Detroit Red Wings, their top pick in this past summer's draft, he's kind of coming up the wall because he's he obviously he's a defenseman, so you think he's playing down low, right? Well, he's very he's a very gifted skater given his size, and that's why people have compared him to Nicky Lidstrom, just maybe more of a rushing Nicky Lidstrom. We see it on this play here. Kirill Tankov kind of misplays the puck, it hops over his stick, and Edvinson just takes off. Just starts streaking down the ice, uncontested, shorthanded breakaway, sneaks it through the five hole of Yaroslav Askarov, who, gosh almighty, Askarov is poor. Any <laughs> Pete Weber's the National Predators play-by-play guy. I love the guy to death, but boy, if Askarov is there, if he ever becomes their number one guy, the way I just the way he has done this thing where he just keeps going backwards. Like I hopefully well, I mean, obviously it's game one, so maybe it'll pan out and change differently for him, but boy. 
Every time we see him in the last couple of World Juniors, he's looked less and less impressive, and especially on this goal. I get it, it's a breakaway, but if there's a, a still shot of his stick position on this play, he's sticking it between his legs. You know, like his, I know he's a right-handed catching goaltender. He catches with the wrong hand, but he's sneaking the stick back between his legs. It's poor stick position, and you, you can't have that. You cannot have that as a goaltender, especially a number 15 overall pick, a first-round pick as a goaltender. You can't have that. He's looking like Mikey DiPietro, except Mikey DiPietro in year five instead of not even there yet. Anyways, it's 2 nothing, and it continues on into the second period. More power play trouble for Russia. Five-on-three opportunity. Emil Andre is able to find a way to get through a screen, sneaks it on by Yaroslav Askarov, once again, two screenshots on Askarov, but I still give him that second one. That one you have to have. It's 3-0 Sweden, though. All right, so it's thinking like, all right, this is right, they're going to run away with this game because at that point, despite the shots being fairly even, Sweden was getting the betterment of the chances. Yes, Provalset was making some saves, but nothing too crazy. We go to the second period, or we go later on the second period, and Nikita Shabrikov gets nailed by Held to the guns, and Puck comes out in front of Fyodor Sveshkov, who is on his forehand with the puck here. It's able to drag it around and sneak it by Wallstedt. It's 3-1. to one. All right, Russia's got some life. And then they get a power play in the third period, does the does Sweden, and next thing you know, bang, bang. Holtz is able to one-time a beautiful feed. Olison, Eklund, perfect pass across. One-timer by the by Alexander Holtz. For some reason, got it. totally forgot his name there for a second. Beautiful play, makes it 4-1. to one. All right, this one is over, right? And then Matve Mishkov decides that he is going to be the superhero that he is going to be in not this year's draft, nay, nay, 2023 draft. He decides he's going to take this team back by himself. And first goal he does, he makes a great move to get on the outside. He's not the biggest guy as Mishkov. He's able to work his way, though, around, uh, who was, oh my gosh, who was it? Uh, Anton Olsen, who is a very highly, highly touted defenseman. I love watching him play. He gets around him, does Mishkov, keeps driving the net, gets knocked down, but the puck's still going with him. Ends up dramming his, dramming, dramming, no, jamming his ribs into the post, but the puck looked like it may have gone in the net. They go to review, lengthy review. They end up determining the puck does go in the net. It's 4-2. Okay, there's a little bit of life left, but you know what? Sweden can bunker it down. Yes, Wallstedt's in goal. Edvinson, Olsen, all the defense, they got this in hand, right? Nay, said the Russians. Holy cow. Matvey Mishkov ends up leading a rush back in the zone, back into Sweden's territory. Puck comes in the corner, and he just kind of looks at the goal. He's in the corner below the goal line. He looks over, and he sees the goal over here, and he's like, here's a scoring chance. Ha! Just whacks his backhand towards the goal. I don't know what the word for yeet is in Russia, but that's what Mishkov does. Rips it off. It goes somehow off William Eklund. Flutters around over the shoulder. Here's Wallstead on the reverse VH. Like, I can't shrug anymore. And it's 4-3. And then, well, nothing else happens after that. Because all of a sudden, Sweden's like, all right, that's it. We're not letting no Toronto Maple Leafs thing happen here. This is this is Red Deer. This ain't no... I can't I must say I can't say it's Edmonton because they're in Red Deer. But anyways, long story short, they bunker down. Neither Niederbach is able to pick up a loose puck in the neutral zone, sneak it on by Yegor Guskov, who came in by the way. Guskov came in after the second period to come back for Yaroslav Askarov, who gave up three goals on 16 shots. Guskov, that was the second that he'd given up. Then Daniel Lugman was able to pad an empty netter, and it was 6-3 winners. Sweden is 1-0 in Group B. Walsa ends up making 27 save. Guskov in a relief effort. Two goals against on seven shots. The worst part is he takes the loss in this game. 
because of the fact that Russia came back to score three and the fourth goal was given up by Guskov. He picks up the loss, even though Askarov, I still think, could have played better. I'm not sure if that was a move by Sergei Zubov to say, hey, you know, kind of a jolt. But Russia, I mean, they ended up out shooting Sweden 30 to 24. There needs to be more there. There needs to be more from Russia. I just think defensively, Askarov needs to play better. Holy moly. I, I Like I know what I said, the two screenshots, but for some reason he has shown time and time again that he's able to make poor decisions, poor save selection. And when you, I just, if this was a sixth round pick, if this were a division one lower end goaltender, okay, whatever happens, but this is a top end prospect. Andre Vasilevsky would make the, if he made those mistakes when he was playing for the Russian World Junior team, which he made a couple, we would be up, we were all up in arms and we'd be up in arms about it. But Vasilevsky turned out all right. I don't know, like Askarov has declined over the years. So Russia needs to figure it out. Their next game, as I look over here, is against the Swiss on Monday. That'd be an important opportunity, of course, because that's Switzerland's first game. And then the next game for Sweden is also on Monday to take on Slovakia, who played the Americans in the. Yeah, I played the Americans on Sunday night. Almost I'm like, what kind of schedule am I thinking of here? For some reason, I went Czechoslovakia there and combined the two. I'm like, wait, the Czechs are playing Canada. No, that's not right at all. Anyway, so good start for Sweden. Russia's got to be better if they want to be somehow having home ice advantage when we get to the medal rounds. Now, the game that capped off the entire night's action may have been one of the tightest games of the entire day. The U.S. taking on Slovakia, the Americans. The defending gold medalists looking to start off on a high note, their bid for trying to be the first country since Canada back in 0809 to win back-to-back gold medals. Well, uh, it did not go quite according to the plan that this team had. This game was very uncomfortably tight. Slovakia actually started off the game pretty well. They had a few good chances early on. Drew Camesso, the Boston University goaltender, had to be sharp for the Americans pretty early on. However, what he ended up seeing was the Americans start to kind of really come back and start to play well. Logan Cooley, nice feed across to Matthew Nice. That makes it one nothing pretty early on in the first period. And then on the power play, Mackie Samuskevich, another former University of Michigan player on this team, and there's like 15 of them, I'm pretty sure, he was able to rip a perfect shot over the glove of Simon Lakachi or Lakochi. And I tell you, that was it. <laughs> That, that kid's on fire, man. He's had a real good start to the year with the University of Michigan. And Lakotsi, I think it's a it, I, he's in the right position. It's just a good shot that beats him. It's 2-0 after 2. After 20 minutes, excuse me. We go to period number 2, and Lakotsi made some huge saves early on. U.S. similar to what the Canadians did against Czechia, which we'll get to later on in the program here. They just dominated the second period. Whether you can consider it the long change, whether you consider it the fact that you know the U.S. thought they could have played better, because you know shots were pretty even in that first period. I believe they were only yeah they're only nine to eight, and they're actually in favor of Slovakia. The U.S. came out and outshot Slovakia twenty three to two in the second period, and somehow, some way, Lakotsi stands on his head, makes a few marvelous saves. The only thing that beats him was a White Kaiser shot that goes off his shoulder, ends up falling behind him, and right there, Landon Slager taps it in. It makes it three nothing. But boy, oh boy, Lakotsi, if he if he falters in any way at all in that frame, it it's just 
it would blown up the entire game. And yes, this is not a close game that we're talking about here. The Americans would have won like seven, eight, nothing. Holy cow. Cause Slovakia, that period really helped carry them into the third. They get, there's a p- couple penalties late in the second period, carry over power play for Slovakia. Start off as a four on three, but as it became a five on four, Matai Kaslik, beautiful feet across there. Martin Kromiak with a nice one timer. It makes it a 3-1 game. Okay, well, that's a pretty good start because, first of all, the analytic people out there know for a fact that a carryover power play sucks, usually. And, well, guess what? Slovakia, maybe the analytics breakers here because they had a really, really good third period. I believe they had four... I think they outshot the U.S. Was it 14-10 or 15-10 in the third period? They came out hard, and I think that goal early on really helped out, too. And I think... The U.S. with the lead, we're just trying to kind of fall back a little bit and just try to play defensive because right after that goal by Chromia, Comesso had to make some huge save. He had to make a quick flurry of saves there. Would have made it 3-2. So it was 3-1. And it seemed like the United States, the game, I don't say it fell into a slumber, but I don't think really Slovakia had too many great chances in the middle portion of the frame. But late on, later on, they had some good looks and they were, they were actually able to make it a one-goal game. Great play by... And Kromiak to finish off a nice feed from Alexi Mikuluka, which made it 3-2. They almost made it 3-2 earlier on a high stick. That was a pretty obvious high stick by Dalibor Dvorsky. But it is 3-2 at two and a half minutes left, thanks to Kromiak's second of the game. And all of a sudden, it's kind of a little bit panic time here because Slovakia had just pulled their goaltender as well. And the Americans kind of just fell back. Like they actually, well, filed back. I mean, they went down the ice. They kept the puck down for about a minute. But then as soon as Slovakia got possession, they got fresh legs out there. They pulled the goaltender. The U.S. pretty much does a six-on-five penalty kill. One good look for Chromiak on a beautiful feed across the slot. He hammers a one-timer wide. That was their best chance in the dying seconds. That was it. The United States holds on for a 3-2 to two win. Very tight for the Americans. They probably weren't too pleased with how that one went because I'm pretty sure they wanted a little bit more of a little bit of wiggle room, I would say. But Slovakia, you got to love the effort. You got to love the effort they put in. I think Lakotsi, I don't think you can put him in a game that like that in game two against Sweden on Monday. But man, he he put in a great effort. And I think if, if he gets another look, I mean, against, I don't want to say a lesser team, but, you know, against the Swiss or, I mean, the way Russia's offense looked, Against against Sweden at times, I think you know he could easily steal a game here in Group B. So yeah, I think Slovakia can easily find their way into the quarterfinals. If they can find a win here or there, and the Americans they have a day off before they take on the Swiss. They'll be on the second half of their back to back. I'm pretty sure the Americans will like to have a little bit more of a comfortable win in their second game. We will jump over to Group A here in just a minute to give you the games that happened on Sunday. However, guys, i got to remind you that Built Bar is around for the late holiday season. Go ahead and grab the protein bar. That tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. It is Built Bar with so much fl- holiday goodness, so much flavor, rich and decadent. They are covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. High in protein as well. You get the best of both worlds with Built Bar as it's delicious and healthy. So many flavors as well. You have a hard time choosing. We have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar, Built Bar gives you that extra fuel to bust down those mall doors to return the gifts that you didn't maybe want for Christmas. Or whatever you celebrate, of course. If you're staying in those endless shopping lines, endless return lines, Built Bar can give you the extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse because you never know when you're going to need it. 
Go to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. Once again, 15% off your order at LOCKED15 at Built.com. And Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online is your number one spot for all the sports action this season. And so go ahead and head to their website to use the promo code Locked On to receive your first deposit by using the mobile device or the website to sign up today to receive that 50% bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the new amazing offers available at Bet Online, where the game starts. Now let's move up, back up to Edmonton for Group A action on Sunday. The first game we got to see... First game of the day was Finland and Germany. Now, this was a very interesting hockey game because you expect Finland, the team that won the bronze medal last year, you thought this was going to be their, you know, real easy start for their tournament against Germany, who, granted, let's be honest here, they are coming in kind of a little bit under the radar, but are coming off their best World Junior finish last year, finishing sixth, their first quarterfinal game in the country's history in the tournament. The game didn't start out like that at all. It was very very tight, very back and forth. I really didn't think that Finland really had a massive edge in the first period. Germany didn't have like grade A chances, but they hung around. Shots were pretty even that first period. I thought both teams looked really good, very tight throughout. In fact, the shots in that first period were 10 to 9 in favor of Germany. Now, once again, the experts were probably like, well, I mean, this German team is pesky. I mean, they have a, like we mentioned off the top when I talked with Gil in our preview a couple weeks ago, they have a couple guys that are good on the defensive end but can put the puck in the back of the net. Levi Marilainen had to look really good for Finland. And Nikita Kwap, I thought, looked fairly comfortable for Germany. So it was a very good first period, very tight first period. They did get a goal, though, did the Finns. Brad Lambert just turns and just fires a puck towards the goal. I don't think really anyone really knew what was going on. And Samuel Helaney was able to kind of just inadvertently, while he was battling in front, just kind of bounced off and deflected in. Quap didn't see it at all. It's one nothing Finland after 20 minutes. We go to period two, where I don't know what happened, but Finland, they did get a few power plays. They did get a couple of power plays in that second period. But they just didn't seem like they were letting anyone anyone get a hold of the puck at all. They had a lot of good chances. Ended up out shooting Germany eight to three in that second period, and they looked very calm and comfortable. Like it seemed like they were going to take over the game. But Germany, dare I say, pesky Germany, going from their neighboring borders over there in Switzerland, trying to take a page off of them. Real pesky. Lucas Munzenberger, kind of just coming to the neutral zone very casually. Kind of looks ahead, sees a couple of defensemen through him, and he just looks. He's like, I'm going to take a shot here. You know, a 50-foot wrist shot in 1984 is not an awful idea, but he just comes in and just rips one. I think Miralainen screened on this one because it beats him glove side clean. It's 1-1. Munzenberger, who had yet to score this entire season, I believe it hadn't scored yet with Vermont, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Yes. No. Yes, no, yes. Yeah, no, he, hadn't, he didn't score last year. He scored with Vermont this year. I had to quickly remember the Vermont had him out getting on the board, making it 1-1 Germany. And at that point of the game, it was like, wow, Germany, they're looking good. They're they're not seeming out of place right now. Finland ends up really starting to turn the game back in their favor, though, like I said. They started getting some opportunities, and they end up getting an opportunity later on in the period. A couple minutes left, 
Get a good offensive zone time. Alexis Hamasalmi does a little nice little give and go with Rare Hervinen. Hamasalmi looks, takes a nice one-timer, goes off a leg in front. They say it went off the German defender. Falls around the stick of Yol Mata, who has not scored yet this year for Vermont. He bangs in and makes it 2-1. Hamasalmi, by the way, one of the many Carolina Hurricanes prospects in this tournament, tend to be exact. I mean, he's, that's the reason why he's one of the best defensemen out there. He's able to find ways because he had the puck at the right point. It seemed like the play was kind of slowing down. And he says, you know what? Let's let's just move it along and get my get into a better scoring position or a better chance to create an offensive opportunity. That's what he did. Yolmata, no offense to him. He was just kind of the, dare I say, the beneficiary from the vigorous work from the others. And he's able to tap it in. It's 2-1 going into the third period. And Germany really didn't look, <laughs> didn't play bad either. In that second period, they played, or in that third period, excuse me, they came out hard, end up out shooting Finland 11 to 5, unable though to capitalize. They had a great opportunity to tie the game. Uh, Samuel Helene was on the back end, back checking, and there's a pass across the top of the crease. I can't remember who it was to exactly. Helene takes the pass away, knocks it away. It would have been a wide open net. Germany would have tied the game. Clears it out though, goes back to the way Brad Lambert. With a beautiful pass across the slot on the other end, Helene taps it in his second goal of the game. Lambert's second assist of the game. Finland wins 3-1. They start off on the right track with the victory. They do end up getting outshot 24-22, and especially early on in the third period, it seemed like the Finns couldn't get any offense going. I really hope that they, you know, you especially if you're Finland, you really want to try to figure out to clean that up because obviously you can get away with stuff like that against Germany. And, you know, maybe in game two against Austria on Monday. But you really got to try to figure that out before you take on teams like Canada. And later rounds, possibly Finland or Finland, Sweden or Russia. Yeah, Finland versus Finland. So but they're on the right path and a win in game one. Certainly maybe just kind of gets the maybe gets the bugs out of their system. All right. Now let's go into the final game of the night or at least the final game in Group B action. In that group B, group A action, that was Canada taking on Czechia. Now, this was a game that started off wide open, wild, crazy, exciting, a little bit scary if you were the host country. Things started off just like Canada wanted. They, I mean, that's exactly how they envisioned it. Mason McTavish walking around Pavel Novak, nice little over the top shoulder of the netminder. On the Nightminder Malik, uh, I thought I mean, he ended up having a pretty solid effort in this game. We'll kind of talk about him later on, did Yaka Malik. But McTavish starts it off strong. It's one nothing, And you thought, here we go. Here's what Canada's going to do. They're going to run the table. They're just going to run through the checks at this point. Well, the checks, if you guys haven't noticed, they've always played Canada rather tough in these sort of tournaments, international tournaments, world junior tournaments, what have you. Some people still looking at 98 and saying to themselves, that was a terrifying time and I had to be up at three o'clock in the morning to watch that brouhaha. I don't know that's how they exactly sounded, but long story short, they still remember that very odd penalty or that 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 shootout that Dominic Koshik brought. Anyways, back to the story today. The checks came back in after falling behind one to nothing. I thought they played strong and they played tough, but Canada got a little too antsy, I think, after that first goal. Connor Seely here pinching on a play, and back to the way come the checks, and they were able to cash in on it. Nice feed across by Jakob Branovic across to Michel Gut. Bangs it in. They had to review it because they weren't sure if it actually went into the back of the net or not. And, uh, well, guess what? A pretty good play because he bangs it off the goal cam and quickly out. It's 1-1. Not too much longer later, Canada gets themselves into penalty trouble, and Pavel Novak wraps a, rips a one-timer by Dylan Garand. Nothing he cut it down on that, and boom, the checks are up 2-1. to one. And before he even knew it, less than a minute later, 
Check still going hard at it. Stanislav Svosfield makes a nice move to get around Owen Zellweger. He pots a goal, and it's 3-1. Two goals less than a minute apart. And Edmonton, I know it's only 50% capacity right now, but they are dead silent because they're like, what in the world is going on here? We're losing. But before you could even dwell on the fact that they were down by two goals, all of a sudden, Owen Power is able to bang one in after a great play made by Xavier Borgo. He drives the net hard. First save made by Malik. Everyone crashes in the net. No one knows where the puck even is. Owen Power sent the left point with this little vulcanized rubber. Looks and like, here's a scoring chance. Fling. Flings it on goal. The number one draft pick from this past summer's draft makes it 3-2 checks. And that was a big goal because just given the fact that, A, it was only just 23 seconds after the checks made it 3-1, to one, making only one goal game not have full panic set in, there in Edmonton for Canada. Of course, the timeout taken by Coach Dave Cameron was huge as well. It looked like it was 3-2 to two going into the second period. However, here comes Canada with one last quick rush. Nice feed by Cole Perfetti. That's right, Manitoba Moose veteran Perfetti. Fire one nice pass across Donovan Zabrango. Speaking of AHLers, how about Grand Rapids Griffin? Donovan Zabrango rips it in by the netminder Malik. It's 3-3 with 30 seconds left. That's how we go into period number two. I don't know what was said in the Canadian locker room at the end of the first period or in the first intermission, but Dave Cameron told the boys to smarten up because holy smokes, third or excuse me, fifteen to two were the shots on goal in the second period. They were firing on all cylinders with Canada, and they were firing everything at the net. They were not happy that they were tied on home ice to the checks. Will Cooley is able again yeah, the the play that really started things off. Will Cooley ends up getting upended by David Yurichek, who was actually the one that had to leave the game. He's one of the top defensemen for this Czech team, and having him out of the lineup is going to be very huge. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure I did not see him return to the game, so we'll have to keep our eyes there. But the Czechs got into penalty trouble themselves. They took three penalties in less than a minute, including penalties by Jan Mišek and Mike Michel Heratic going off at the same or not in the same play, but around the same time. Uh, Meshach got called for a trip, and then Heratic got called for a cross-check at the end of the play. So there's three guys in the penalty box for the Czech, Czech, not Czech Republic, Czechia, excuse me. And Canada did not, they did not falter. Cole Perfetti sets up Owen Power, nice one-timer through traffic. Boom, 3-3, just like that. Owen Power, that's right, two goals for Owen Power. And But here's the thing, though. With having three guys in the penalty box, only one comes out. There's still two in there. They stay on a five-on-three. A little mad scramble out in front of the goal just a little bit later. Owen Power bangs it in. Owen Power with the hat trick. Canada leads 5-3. to three. They would hang on the rest of the way. Owen Zellweger was able to rip a shot. I believe, on, yes, it was on the power play. Yes, it was on the power play. Just with a nice screen by Jake Neighbors in front of the goal. Canada wins this one 6-3. to three. A brief scare in the first period goes for not Out shooting the checks in that game 36-17. to 17. Uh, to say that that was impressive would be an understatement, just given the fact of how they responded. And what you saw from Canada in the second and third period is something important because they know the fact that they can't make that kind of a lackluster start in the first period they saw against the Czechs when they take on the Finns, the Swedes. And this is kind of similar, like I said, when you're when you're watching a team like what I said with Finland. Finland can't make those mistakes against Germany. Canada can't do that sorts of stuff against... I mean, they can do it against the Czechs, but they take on the United States, Russia, so on. They have to be sharp if they want to be, obviously make a run back to the gold medal game and, of course, try to win the gold medal game after the disappointment last year. 
Canada now gets a nice day off before they take on Austria on Tuesday. Czechia gets the Germans tomorrow. That's an important game for them to try to get on the winning track. I believe Jan Benner will get the start for them in that game. But that is it for the day one of action of the World Junior Championships. Lots of great action, and thank you all very much for listening and watching. As you're, if you're watching us right now, you got the games right there on the screen. You can see all of them tomorrow. They are in order. The general start times, I believe, are 2, 4.30, 7.30, or 7 and 9.30. 7 and 9, yeah, so 2, 4.30, 7, 9.30 are the puck drops for the four. When there is four game sets, I know Wednesday is going to be a, no, Monday. No, yeah, Tuesday is a two-game set. Thursday is a two-game set. Friday is a four-game set. Day off Saturday. Next Sunday is when the quarterfinals start before we have the finals. Excuse me. Finals on January 5th. It'll be a very exciting time indeed for the World Junior Championships. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, to recap those games that you're seeing right down there below. And we'll give you the latest updates. Also, we'll be talking with Stephen Ellis from the Hockey News, giving us the latest of the best prospects to watch for in this tournament as well. Obviously, a lot of NHL draft picks in this tournament. How about some that may be drafted this year or even next year? Hello, Connor Bedard, Matthew Mishkov. Yes, you too, I'm talking about. We'll talk with Stephen Ellis from the Hockey News tomorrow. But that is it, though. Thank you very much for watching this episode of Lockdown World Juniors, a special of Lockdown NHL Podcast. Be sure to check us out at Lockdown NHL Pods on Twitter. Follow us, follow me, excuse me, the insider to the insiders, Tyler Kuhl, at TJKU29 on Twitter, Instagram, and yes, TikTok, where I post fun videos with my dog and some fun, interesting, and dare I say, educational videos on hockey. A little short one, so don't try to bore you too much. But that is it. We'll see you all tomorrow. Be sure to check out as well Lockdown NHL with Gil Martin. He'll, he'll give you the latest and greatest of the NHL trying to come back from the COVID pause that they are in. We'll see you all tomorrow. And once again, have thank you very much for watching and listening. We'll see you then. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.